the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, hello there. Good afternoon. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles. And today, we're going to be talking about what the Bible has to say about the end times. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that we are facing a lot of problems today. After we started our pullout of Afghanistan, it was only a matter of a few days and the Taliban took complete and total control of most of the country, leaving thousands of Americans abandoned. Here in America, well, crime is soaring all over the country. Obviously, the defund the police campaign has completely failed, as every aspect of crime and murder has skyrocketed in this last year. Our southern border, well, that's a whole other story. It's wide open, allowing millions of people to cross illegally. Some are seeking a better life, for sure. Some are criminals. Some will traffic women and girls, while others will traffic drugs. Many have been diagnosed here, and numbers are rising with COVID again. And speaking of COVID, boy, when's it ever going to end? As America still seeks its deliverance from science. And the science we seek to save us is continually changing daily. Many times to fit a narrative that the mainstream media has told us. But as we can all see, we are really, you know, are we better off now than we were A year ago, we have massive economic problems, rising housing costs. We have rising gasoline prices. What's gas now, like 20 bucks a gallon? Oh, I'm sorry. It's only five bucks a gallon. Yeah, that all happened since we shut down our own oil production. That, you know, inflation is now off the charts, setting new inflation records. America, get this, is now $30 trillion in debt. You know, I mean, that's just this big number, but let me kind of bring it back to earth for you. $30 trillion in debt would be every single American, 330 million Americans having to pay each one of us, every man, woman, baby, child, 90 grand a piece. That's right. All of my grandkids, come on, choke up 90 grand a piece to pay that debt off. Wow. There's unrest in our world. China is flexing its muscle, inching closer to taking Taiwan and dominating the South China Sea. We have emboldened Iran since we decreased the pressure that was applied by the last administration. And with the increase of civil unrest in our own country, drugs and suicide are now major issues. Yes, I'm pointing out all the obvious of what you already know. But why? Some might say, hey, I just need a break from all the negativity. That's why I turned on the Christian radio today. Thanks a lot, Pastor. Well, listen, we as believers, we must understand that God wants us, you and me, to be in the know concerning the times and events that we are seeing happen right now. Because I believe we are living in the end times. It is critical 
that we as God's people know what's happening around us. For God does not want us to be in the dark about exactly what time it is spiritually. Did you get that? What time it is spiritually. For God has put an incredible amount of forethought into recording future events within the pages of the Bible so that we as believers, as Christians, would know what time it is in relation to, get this, the second coming of Christ. Jesus, talking about the last days, said in Matthew 24, verse 12, that most people's love, it would grow cold. I think we're seeing that all around us, aren't we? Yes, people are going to lose heart in the last days and simply stop caring. The Apostle Paul expanded on that when he said this. Now, I wonder if this sounds like the people in the world today. Listen to what he said it would be like. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Okay, check, we got that. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they will deny his power. Avoid such men as these. Wow. Notice we're told in the last days, difficult times will come. It doesn't say they might come. It doesn't say maybe they'll come. We're told, God tells us, he warns us that they will come. That word difficult in the original language means what you would expect it to mean. It's going to be terrible, distressful, and violent times. I mean, just here in New York, they got a guy with a hammer hitting a guy in the head just waiting for the subway to come in. Today, a guy was walking on the sidewalk in New York and took out a knife and stabbed the guy in the face. Oh, my goodness. Is this happening? You know, here, you know, here with me today now is Bible scholar and author, Pastor Don Stewart. Don has authored like some, I don't know, 58 books. He's been a good friend of mine for years. He has spoken at Core Church Los Angeles in the past. His ministry is Educating Our World. You can check him out at EducatingOurWorld.com. But hey, welcome to the show with me today. Hey, Pastor Don, how are you? I'm doing fine, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm so glad that you could join us today on the radio. Things were coming up and unforeseen things happening in your life. And I didn't know for sure if we're going to have you. And now we do. And we're just so thankful for that here today. Yeah, I'm live and in color, so I'm ready to rock and roll. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, listen, now, Don, you've been studying Bible prophecy, I was going to say for years, but really, let's just be honest, you've been studying Bible prophecy for decades. What do you think about what the world is seeing here today? Well, Steve, you know what's interesting is that uh, I have studied it for a number of years, and we've talked about the signs that the Bible predicts that will be there at the time of the end, and incredibly, incredible as it is, we're seeing all of them, the stage being set for the uh, coming of the Lord, as you said, the second coming of Christ, before that, of course, the rapture of the Church, and it's literally mind-boggling to see this. Now, one of the phrases I often use when I speak is, you can't make this stuff up, and we've seen things happen just in the last few years that are it, it, they're incredible. I mean, I don't know how many adjectives to, to use, but it, it's setting the stage for what the Bible says. The world's going to be, you know, what it's going to be like. 
at the time when the Lord Jesus comes. And so we're seeing that right now in ways we never thought we would see before. It's happening now at a rate we never thought we would see before. And so right now, as we look around, we're seeing the stage being set for the coming of the Lord, just as, precisely as the Bible has predicted. Well, this is Pastor Steve Wilbur of Core Church, Los Angeles. We're interviewing here Pastor Don Stewart of Educating Our World. And, you know, Don, why don't you explain the difference? Because I don't know if all Christians fully understand, you know, we talk about the second coming of Christ, but like you just pointed out there a moment ago, uh, the rapture first, of course, and and myself and you would be considered pre-tribulation, uh, you know, uh, Christians here. <laughs> we believe the rapture is a pre-tribulation rapture. So could you just explain to our listeners the difference between the rapture and the second coming of Christ? Yeah, certainly. The rapture of the church, First uh, Thessalonians 4.17, it talks about that, that the living believers sometime will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That is the word, we get the English word rapture from the Latin, uh, from the Greek, and that means to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, uh, two passages, 1 Corinthians 50, 15, 51 to 58, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, talk about that. And basically it's this, the, the living believers, uh, we're here one second, the next second we're gone, as quick as you can blink the eye. We're caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And as we're being caught up, we will be transformed. We will be changed from mortal to immortal, from corruptible to incorruption. That is the promise the Lord gives. Right before that, we're told the dead in Christ will rise first, and they too will receive a glorified body. Now, theirs will be a resurrection body, because they are dead. They have to be given a resurrected body. Our bodies, let's say it happened today, would be changed as we're caught up. So we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and then we're, we're, our bodies are changed, and we're with the Lord. Now, the second coming of Christ is when we not go up to meet him, but we come back with him. Revelation 19 talks about that. It's uh, when Christ comes back to set up his kingdom, and we are with him at that particular time. Now, that happens at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, correct? Yes. Correct. correct, correct. There are two distinct events. The catching up, uh, we believe it's the beginning of the final seven-year period. The revelation of Christ and the second coming is at the end of the seven-year period. 2 Thessalonians 2.1 talks about these two events, about the coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto him. They're two distinct events, and we believe they happen at at a seven-year period period between them. and So, so those are the bookends then. The bookends are the rapture of the church. Every true believer in Christ will be taken away at the beginning of the rapture. I mean, at the beginning of the uh, seven-year tribulation period. And then at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, we all come back with Christ. Correct. Amen. Wow. Praise Jesus. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it, it is so uh, interesting, you know, for me, you know, to look at everything that's happening. I've had people try to argue that fact. And uh, yet I, I see in the book of Revelation, maybe you could expound on this a little bit. You know, the first three chapters uh, really are dealing with, especially obviously chapter two and three are dealing with the seven churches. And I, and I personally believe, Don, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that I believe that all seven and a half billion people on planet Earth can find themselves described in one of those seven churches uh, that we see in the seven churches of chapters two and three of the book of Revelation. Then you don't hear of the church again until we're coming back with Christ at the end. So it's like, so once chapter three ends, it's like the church is no longer talked about. It's all the events that are happening in the tribulation period. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that's correct. The uh, chapter two and three is the Lord Jesus talking of the seven churches, seven distinct churches at that time that were in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey, and uh, he has messages for each of them. And you're right, uh, every Christian today, everybody in the world can be found going to a church within one of the seven churches. They're symbolic, as they have been throughout history, of you know different churches, how they act, the problems that they have. And then, of course, uh, at the end of chapter three, we begin. You know, four and five is the uh, seen in heaven, setting the stage for the chapter 6, the, the judgments that the Lamb brings, the, the sealed judgments, and you have the trumpet judgments and the bold judgments in the book of Revelation. Now, that's all future. That hadn't happened yet. And then at the end, uh, Revelation 19, it's when the second coming of Christ takes place. We believe the Church is not to be seen. Um, basically, during this final seven-year period, First Thessalonians 5, 9 says the Lord has not, you know, basically uh, counted us for wrath, but to salvation or deliverance through Jesus Christ. We believe that deliverance there in First Thessalonians 5, 9 is the catching up of the believers, the rapture of the Church, before this final period where the judgment of God, the wrath of God, comes upon an unbelieving world. Now, see, people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about uh, the fact that there is going to be a judgment. In fact, the Bible says, you know, the Apostle Paul talking in the last book uh, that he wrote after writing half of the New Testament, Second Timothy in the fourth chapter, he says that, you know, people uh, in the last days will have like itching ears. They'll have ears that will accumulate teachers uh, in accordance with their own desires. Basically, uh, tell me what I want to hear, not what I need to hear. And I always tell people, well, you know, the Bible is not always what you want to hear, but it's always what you need to hear. And one of those things is there is a coming judgment, isn't there? Yeah. In fact, Steve, you know, Jesus Christ is called our Savior. Now, by definition, a Savior saves us from something, right? Right. Well, certainly not physical death, because Christians die. It's got to be from something else, and we're saved from judgment or punishment for rejecting him. So he is the Savior in the sense he took the penalty of the sins of the world upon himself so we could make be made the righteousness of God in him. Second uh, Corinthians five nineteen to twenty one tells us that. So yeah, there you know, there is a judgment coming. Uh, there's you know two futures for every person listening to this right now, either with God or without Him. There's no third uh, choice. You're either with the Lord or without Him. You're not against Him. Uh, you know, you're, if you're not with Him, you're against Him, and that's the whole message of the gospel. Yeah, I, I kind of think that. Uh, oh, by the way, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn, Court Church, Los Angeles, and I am interviewing here. We have the great privilege of having Pastor Don Stewart here from EducatingOurWorld.com, uh, author of some fifty-eight books, and apologist, and just Bible scholar, in my opinion. <laughs> so, uh, but Don, again, thank you for being on the show and we're talking about here the last days and everything. But you know, I see how people today. Uh, Many churches will want to uh, basically uh, maybe dumb down the word is the word of God. Uh, don't want to tell the severity of the word of God. But I remember when I gave my life to Christ, the person sharing Christ with me was not giving me a bowl of cherries or a, a bouquet of flowers. They basically told me, in fact, the very verse that drove me to Christ was in Luke twelve three, and it says, in Jesus speaking, he says, everything you've done in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops of heaven. It's appointed for every man to die once, and after this comes judgment. And I, I mean, Don, it cleaned my clock. It was like, because I, it just, it left me thinking like, well, 
I'm a sinner. I'm a dog. It's like, because at that time, I had got a girl pregnant in high school. I had pretty much involved with every kind of sin you could imagine. I mean, I was bonging. Hey, Don, I was taking speed. Could you imagine me taking speed? That's a scary thought in itself. But uh, all of these things, and I was doing everything wrong. I was stealing from my employer. And it was the truth of God's word that was like hit me in the face with like a two by four that woke me up to, wow, I'm going to stand before God one day. You know, that's, that's right, Stephen. That's the message of the Bible. Uh, those that believe on the Son have everlasting life. Those that do not believe on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on them, John 3.36. And so people have a choice. They can either believe in Jesus or reject him, but he is the judge, and he is the Savior now. But when he returns, he's going to be the judge of those who have rejected him. And again, that's the message of the gospel. He took the penalty of the sins of the world upon himself. So we don't have to experience that penalty. He died as a substitute in our place so we could be made the righteousness of God in him. That's the wonderful news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. So so there's a reason then that God is telling us all of these warning signs. He's telling us what's going to happen when you see these things. Know that the coming of the Son of Man is near. We're going to talk about many more of these things as the hour goes on here. But it's like he's warning us. So now for the Christian that says, okay, I believe that Jesus is coming back. I believe that these times. So should we as believers just go up to our roof and just camp out and wait for the rapture to happen? Maybe if we're on our roof, we get a little bit, a jump start getting to heaven? Yeah, no, that's exactly what we should do. We're here to be salt and light. We're here to be effective in the world to let people know that they need to believe in Jesus. We're here for a purpose. You know, in John chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus explained in verse 16 uh, about the privilege that his disciples had. He says, you know, blessed are your ears what they hear, your eyes what they see, because many righteous people and prophets long to see the things you see, didn't see them, long to hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. Now, the same thing holds true today, Steve, for those of us living in this time. For the past two thousand years. People look forward to this time to see the things you and I see, to hear the things you and I are hearing. We are living in a very special time. And as Mordecai said to Esther, it's for such a time as this. So we need to be, we need to get out there to tell people the word of God, tell them the truth that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that human beings are not a mistake of evolution. We are here. Uh, we've been created for a purpose. We have a purpose in this life. And so uh, an identity and we have a destiny, an identity. We're made in the image of God, a purpose to know God and have that relationship with him, and a destiny forever to be in his presence. That's the wonderful message of the gospel, and that's the message we're to preach, not to get on the roof and wait for the blast off, but get uh, out and do the work of the Lord. The time of waiting, Jesus said, is a time of working, so we need to work while it's still day. Amen. You know, I was thinking about, uh, I think it's Luke nineteen thirty, and basically Jesus is telling us there, occupy till I come. You know, so right. don't don't lay in bed, don't lock your doors, don't pull the sheet over your head and just hide and go buy a bunch of food and never go outside and deal with uh, public anymore. You know, we as believers, you know, we should be living our lives in such a way that people can look and observe Christ in our lives. But not just, you know, I think some people will want to like live a good life, like I'm a good person and I've got Jesus in my life. But we need to tell people why we do 
the things that we do. We need to tell people more than just, quote, living a lifestyle of righteousness. We have to actually verbalize that lifestyle of righteousness. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Court Church Los Angeles, and my guest here is Pastor Don Stewart of Educating the World. And we're talking about last day's events. And so we're going to get into, and Don, I just want to prepare you because, you know, you just, you're here, and I just, I want to talk about the things that were prophesied to us in the book of Ezekiel, specifically Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39. And and so we're going to talk about those as soon as we get back. Uh, we have to take a commercial break. So again, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles. My guest is Pastor Don Stewart of Educating the World. And we're going to be right back. So don't go anywhere. Amen, man. The battle belongs to the Lord. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn of Core Church, Los Angeles, and my guest today is Pastor Don Stewart of Educating the World, and we're talking about last day's events. You know, Don, we see in the book of Ezekiel 37 that Ezekiel has his vision of dry bones, and and God is asking him, hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And of course, Ezekiel's like, well, I don't have a clue. You're God. I I don't know. And, you know, many people have talked about this uh, gathering of Israel, the people coming back to Israel, as coming out of the Babylonian exile. And, of course, I don't believe that it's talking about the children of Israel coming out of the Babylonian exile and coming back to re-inhabit the nation of Israel. And I don't believe that for three reasons. One, in verse 14 of Ezekiel 37, God said, I'm going to put my spirit within them. And so the Holy Spirit did not descend upon the people in as a whole until the day of Pentecost uh, 50 days, of course, after Jesus rose again from the dead. Uh, two, uh, the context of chapter 37 is in the context of chapter 37, 38, and 39, where uh, twice he's saying that this is happening in the last days. And the third reason in verse 21 of chapter 37, God says he's going to gather them from all the nations, from many nations. So it's not just, I'm pr- pulling you back from Babylon. No, from many nations. And that's what we saw happen here uh, recently. Why don't you talk a little bit about that prophecy and just Ezekiel 38 and 39? I would love to, see if I may, give a little bit of a commercial. Yeah, My absolutely. Website. Please yeah. do. Okay, it's educatingourworld.com. Educating, not the world, educatingourworld.com. On the website, my books are all there, 61 of them, and they're all there for free download for PDF file. I've written a book on Ezekiel 38-39 called the Ezekiel 38-39 Invasion. It's about a 240-page book. It's, it's, that one's not in print yet. 34 of those books are in print. All of them there for free download. So, you know, you can download for free, print it out, do whatever you want with them. So we, you were exactly correct what you said. I'll go you one better, Ezekiel 38-8, when it talks about this last day's invasion, this personage called Gog, which the Lord speaks to. In verse 8, and two times in that verse, he says, at the time of the end, at the latter days, and so it's two references there, and the one verse, not to the Ezekiel, not to the Babylonian captivity, the return from there, but they're going to be gone from the land for a long period of time. They're going to come back to a land that's been devastated by war. They're going to create great wealth. 
And that's going to be the reason for the invasion, because they have something that these other nations need. And that's what we're seeing right now. I'll give you an illustration. I, was, I taught for a number of years uh, a class on Ezekiel 38-39 before I did a book at about 200 pages of notes. And somebody asked me to do a one-hour talk on the subject. I thought, man, I talk fast, but I'm almost talk fast as speed. But I can't get 200 <laughs> pages done done in an hour, you know. And so what I did, and and I do this as, as a talk, and it's there in the book. Basically, and this is not rocket science. You look at chapters 37, 38, 39. I did two things. Number one, what's the world going to look like before the invasion? What's the world going to look like during the invasion and after the invasion? So I did two sets of, uh, you know, groups there. The first, you know, I got my yellow pad out. And I found 11 specific things that the Bible says the world will be like in the last days. Now, this was written 2,650 years ago, approximately. And so I have a talk on this. And then this is kind of setting the stage for the invasion. There are 11 specific things that the Bible predicts the world will be like at the time of the end. I go through them, give the reference, and I ask the crowd, you notice anything interesting here? They go, yeah, every single one of them has been literally fulfilled right now, Steve. Every wow. single one of them setting the stage. I said, you think that's good guessing? You think that's chance? You think that's luck? Oh, no. This is the living God showing us that everything that was predicted, the Jews will exist in the last days. They'll be away from their land for a long time. But in the last days, they'll return to the land. They'll be coming to a land that's devastated by war. Let, let, me, let me just comment on that, Don, just for our for our listeners here. Okay, so uh, we know that when Jesus rode in uh, to Jerusalem on the back of the donkey, fulfilling Zechariah, and, uh, you know, uh, and the people were cheering him on, and they were, you know, quoting, you know, Psalm 118, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and, and Jesus, like, everyone's in the festive party atmosphere. Oh, here's the king, da-da-da. And Jesus was bummed out because he knew that Jerusalem was going to fall, and he speaks about that. And so 37 years later, Rome comes in, crushes Israel crushes Jerusalem and disperses the Jews throughout all the known world, every every continent in 70 AD. They remained without a country, a people without a country for 1878 years. And what you're talking about right now in Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39 is the fulfillment of them coming back in one nation has been dispersed from their country conquered and destroyed for 1878 years and on may 14 1948 israel became a nation once again i mean th- this is insane so i just wanted to bring a little context exactly what you're saying here this is insane for this to happen and the bible declared it would happen when did you what did you say 2650 years or so ago in ezekiel so you know, please, please go on. Again, this is Pastor Steve Wilburn, Core Church, Los Angeles. I'm, my guest here today is Pastor Don Stewart of EducatingOurWorld.com. And we are talking about the last day's events. Please, Don, go on. You, you wrote a 200-page book on this. You're an authority in this. Go ahead, please. Okay. Well, here's the thing, Steve. You're exactly right. There's no nation in the history of humankind that's ever been removed from their homeland and ever come back except for one, the nation of Israel. Not just once, but twice. Once for the 70-year Babylonian captivity, and once, like you said, for almost 1,900 years after the city in Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed in the year A.D. 70. 
And so they were scattered throughout the world, just as the Bible says, but they've come back on, in stage one. And now there's two stages of their comeback. They've come back now in unbelief, as you mentioned, Ezekiel 37. Uh, you know, they've got bones there, but the bones aren't alive. You know, That's there. right. But there's no spiritual life in them. That's still in the future. That will happen at the second coming of Christ. But here's the, the, the mind-boggling thing. Why this one nation? Again, there's an expectation there at Ezekiel 38 that they're going to be Jews at the time of the end. They're going to exist. Well, how do they know that? They're in captivity. They're, you know, they don't even have a, a promise from the world that they're going to get back to their ancient homeland. And, and they did after 70 years, but then the second exile, almost 1,900 years, and yet here they are again against all odds of history, back in their land. They, they're, they're a modern state. There's always had, they've always been a nation, but they're a nation in exile. They formed a modern state May 14, 1948, and they're here miraculously to this day. Enemies all around them. Zechariah 12, 3 says eventually the whole world's going to be against them. And yet here they are, they're the eighth most powerful country in the world, this little tiny nation about the size of Lake Michigan, uh, you know, our, our new state of New Jersey. And yet here they are against all gods, surrounded by, you know, enemies on all sides that want to kill them. But they're there by the word of the living God, and they're in unbelief now, but there'll come a time when they will believe in Jesus Christ as their Messiah. So again, Steve, like we were saying, precisely what the Bible said would take place. Now, what's also interesting, not only do we say this, commentators, the one other thing, I did another book called 25 Signs Were Near the End, and in the appendix, one of the things I've done, citing commentators living anywhere from 100 to 400 years ago, predicting exactly the days in which you and I live, doing it by what? By faith, because they believed the Bible, and the Bible alone was the Word of God. They had nothing to see but the Bible. They were scattered throughout the world, the Jews, they're all around in every single country, but they'd kept their national identity. They'd kept to themselves, and, you know, the commentator said, well, the reason they're doing this, they'll come a day, they'll come back to their ancient homeland. I have quotes from 1789, 1851, this and that from commentators that believed this would happen. They didn't see it, Steve. We have seen it in our day. That's why it's a very special day you and I and everybody listening is living in. We are here for such a time as this to watch the Lord basically put everything together, consummate this world as it is, and bring in the everlasting kingdom of the living God. Yes, and here we have, you know, one of the points that you just pointed out there was you have all these enemies that are surrounding them. And, you know, in uh, uh, chapter 38, we're talking about Persia, which would be right. modern-day Iran, uh, Ethiopia, Kush, Sudan, Libya, Algeria, uh, you know, Gomer, uh, Turkey, all of these things. And we hear of Gog and Magog, uh, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. This is the uh, land far north of Israel, north of the Black and Caspian Sea, which is what? Modern-day Russia, correct? That is correct. Yeah, so, so then it talks about them coming down upon Israel like the cloud to cover the land, and it says that God will put a hook into their jaw and draw them in. And I just think it's so like, like th we're reading from something 2,650 years ago, and yet here we have today, modern day, right now, who is Iran and where are they at in the scope of the world? They're trying to develop nuclear weapons. And, and here they are. And who's their main ally? Russia. And it says a hook will be put into their jaw. And, and it's like you, you just look at all of this unfolding right in front of our own eyes. And, and I'm just thinking, I'm thinking to myself, this is insane. This is insane. Absolutely. Yeah, the fact that so many specific things 
have been precisely fulfilled, just as the Bible said. Like you said, 11 things to set the stage for the time of the end. And the nations are mentioned. Their ancient names are given to us, like you mentioned. Uh, Persia is modern-day Iran. Bethlehem and Gomer in modern-day Turkey. You've got uh, Libya, which is put. You've got Kush, which would be modern-day Sudan. And Gog is the title of the leader. It's not, not a name. It's not like Mr. Gog or John Gog or something like that. Right. And he is, it's a title, and he will be a Russian leader. Now, what's interesting, it's called the Prince of Rosh. Rosh in Hebrew means a head or chief, but also, too, it can be a proper name. And when the, Greek, when the Old Testament was translated before the time of Christ, the, the Hebrew translation into Greek called the Septuagint, uh, the translators made that a proper noun. In other words, the Prince of Rosh, a definite point on the, on, the, on the map, as it were. And in the 19th century, the greatest Hebrew lexicographer, a person who puts together a lexicon or a dictionary, Wilhelm Gesenius, uh, he was not a believer, okay? But he, he wrote it in Latin, his Latin edition. He had a whole page saying that Roth, Rosh there in Ezekiel 38, is modern-day Russia. He's wow. not saying this in the 21st century, Steve, as some uh, Bible preacher or something. He's saying that as an unbeliever uh, lexicographer in the 19th century, and he, he said this is referring to the nation. Like you said, the furthest north from Israel, the furthest north from Babylon, where Ezekiel is, where this army will come down from, and ergo we have today. Now, you know what's really interesting, though, Steve? Well, keep that thought. We were, we're going to come right back. We're going to do a commercial break. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and my guest is Pastor Don Stewart of EducatingOurWorld.com. And we're talking specifically about details of last day's events that are recorded in the Bible for us. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Core Church Los Angeles, and my guest is Pastor Don Stewart of EducatingOurWorld.com. And we've been talking about last days and the events that are happening around us and how they coincide exactly with what the Bible says. Now, Don, we had to go make a commercial break there real quick, but you were just getting ready to make a point there on the uh, the Prince of Rosh, and you were getting ready to say something. So go ahead, continue that thought. Okay, thank you, Steve. Yeah, one of the interesting things, if we were doing this program in the 1970s, and we would give the lineup of the various nations that are getting, number one, they're going to attack Israel, then another group of nations who are, are, are going to be sort of having a normalized relationship with Israel. In other words, you've got the good guys and the bad guys. The situation in the 1970s is just the reverse of what the Bible said it was going to be. Iran was the best friend of Israel. Turkey is the place was the place where the Israelis took their vacations. Jordan, Egypt, the Saudis, they are the enemies of Israel at that particular time. But the Bible says, in the last days, this invading force will consist of people from what's modern-day Turkey, modern-day Iran, along with Russia. We can see Russia leading it. And the people that will protest the invasion are who? Would be the Gulf states, the Saudis, modern uh, Saudis, you know, Oman, Qatar, uh, it's called Sheba and Didan there in Ezekiel 38-39. And Egypt, Egypt and uh, Jordan and Syria, they're non-players. And so what's happened, Steve, in the last few decades, it's turned completely around, and right now every every player is in place. (laughs) The good guys, as it were, you've got the the, uh, Abraham Accords, the normalization with Israel from the Gulf states. Egypt has had since 1979 
a peace treaty with Israel, Jordan in 1994, a peace treaty with Israel. But before that, in the mid-70s, it was just the opposite and looked like the Bible was wrong. Well, here we are in 2021, and guess what? Everything is precisely in place. Well, you know, that's just that's just the Lord. You know, it's how he rolls. You know, it's like people don't understand God is outside of time. So, like, you know, we're subject to time. It's, you know, it's a quarter to three right now or, you know, a little bit before that, you know. 12, 13 minutes before three, but God sees outside. He, he says in the scripture that he formed us in our own mother's wombs and that before we had one day, he knew all of our days. He knew every day. He's already seen it. The future is history to God. That's why the Bible is so accurate. Let me hit you with one more thing since we're running down. We only have about eight minutes left, Don. So, you know, we're seeing a real push towards globalism right now. We haven't seen a one word world governing empire since Rome. That was the last world governing empire. Yet it appears in Revelation 13 that we see Satan and what appears to be the Antichrist rising up with many nations as one ruling the world. He wages a war with the saints and he wins at that moment in the, in the tribulation period. This is also talked about in Daniel chapter 7 also. Can you talk about that? Just kind of like, why do we have this push? Is it just for all these people to make more money? Okay, Amazon doesn't want to be the biggest company in the United States. It wants to be the biggest company in the world. Microsoft wants to be the biggest company in the world. Apple wants to own the world. You know, everybody wants to sell their products in the world. They want to be a global market with a one global money. So can you just talk about that just for about five minutes? Yeah, sure. In, in Revelation 13, it talks about at the time of the end, this final Antichrist, there's two of them. There's the first beast, who is the political leader. He's a Gentile. He comes out of Western Europe. There is a spiritual leader, who is his cohort, the false prophet, who may be coming from Israel, coming from, we're told, the land. Anyway, they put together a—well, the system's probably already in place, but they commandeer it. No one can buy or sell without the mark, the, the mark of the beast, either on the right hand or on the forehead. Now, Think about it for a second, Steve. Can you imagine someone living even 100 years ago thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. How could someone monitor transactions worldwide? How can someone be there when someone's, you know, making some type of transaction worldwide with a cash transaction? Nobody can stand there and watch and monitor it. But there's an assumption there that there is a global system. And and we know now how it can be with digital money. Uh, Tim Cook from Apple, next generation of young people will not know what cash is. There won't be cash. It'll be digital translation uh, transactions. And again, what we're going to see, China's already doing this. And these transactions, not, we're not talking about cryptocurrency here. We're talking about the government knowing exactly who does what. And so every trans, uh, transaction will be monitored. Uh, no one can buy or sell without the mark upon the pain of death. And so what you see is a globalistic system. In other words, the borders will be non-existent. Now, what's interesting about that, Steve, most people miss. They said, we want a borderless world. Well, in Genesis chapter 12, God told a man named Abram, he's going to give him a specific land with specific borders. And they're outlined later in the book of Genesis that belong to him and his descendants. The globalist view says there's no, descent, uh, there's no borders. You know, there's no, we're all migrants here in the world. In fact, a number of years ago in Tunisia, they did this, uh, well, not necessarily a ruling, but this document that a lot of nations signed on to that basically says anybody can live anywhere they want. No government 
no place has the right to say you can't live there. In other words, the world's our oyster. Well, that's exactly where it's going. You know, the, and we wow, see it here in America. That I mean, there's certain people. That, why do you think yeah. the border's open right now in the southern border? There's X amount of, you know, uh, those are under the Democrat label that, that just want everyone to come in and what have you. And that's what we're seeing here along with every other place all over Europe, everywhere. Yeah, a borderless world. And who would ever thunk something like that? The sovereignty of these countries is gone. But this is what the Bible assumes the world will look like at the time of the end. And that's what we see happen right now. We've got this group in Europe, they call it the Great Reset, where they're going to basically have a globalistic world uh, run by the smartest people going. Of course, that's them, not us. They right. Think. And they're going to, you know, have a, there'll be a global currency, a digital currency, and they'll be able to you know, call the shots in the world. And that's exactly where, where it's going now. And that's what's being pushed. And there's a couple problems in the way, the United States and China, which will both be moved out of the way at the time of the end when this global globalistic world will come about. So it's fascinating to watch all this, Steve, come about. Again, Steve, you can't make this stuff no, up. No, you can't. And, you know, this uh, This is Pastor Steve Wilburn with Court Church Los Angeles. And my guest has been pastor, author, Don Stewart of EducatingOurWorld.com. Now, Don, we've only got like a minute left here. And so could you share with people, because you, you talked about a couple different things. You talked about a couple books that are specifically on what we just talked about. And these are free downloads at your ministry at EducatingOurWorld.com. You had you, you mentioned the one thing about the 11 points that you broke down uh, a 200-page book into 11 points. Why don't you tell us what are the best things that someone could go to EducatingOurWorld.com and get? What, what are the two, three best things that they could get there? Okay, we've got 61 books on the site they can download for free on 11 different topics, what and why we believe, person of Christ, Bible prophecy, uh, the afterlife. Uh, what I mentioned today is from a book called 25 Signs We're Near the End. That deals with the Ezekiel 37, 38, 39. Um, that's one of the signs. And then another one called the Ezekiel 38, 39 Invasion. That's about a 240-page book. If you download it, you can print it out. You know, it's all free. You can download it for free. And that's our ministry. And just look at it, use it. We go into great detail in all these things. Have books on the rapture of the church, the, uh, the Jews, Jerusalem, the coming temple, the person of Christ. We got a lot of things. But anyway, check it out. It's there for you. It's there. That's our ministry. It's there for free. Print it out if you wish. You print all the books out. Be about fourteen thousand pages. I've been told there. I've been people that actually have done that. I can't believe if they have. But anyway, it's all there. <laughs> yeah, that's all about. Well. <laughs> Well, Pastor Don, uh, thank you so much. You've been a good friend over the years. Uh, I thank you for our friendship. Thank you for coming out and sharing at Core Church Los Angeles in times past. Uh, I just appreciate you so much. So that's been Pastor Don Stewart. I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you've been listening in this last hour talking about all these things to do with the end times, Maybe you find yourself totally taken back to a certain degree. Maybe all that we've talked about today and all the current events have caused you to be just a little anxious. Maybe for others, it's caused you to be more than anxious. It's put a fear into the core of your being. Well, I would say what we're seeing on a daily basis is alarming and even shocking in our world today. But that's why, again, God has shared with us what the time will look like at the end of time so that it doesn't catch us off guard, that we as God's people would be prepared and we could be a voice of reason to those that are around us. You know, Jesus said in Matthew twenty four forty two. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. We're all called to be on the alert. That word in the original language means to be sober, 
to be awake. You know, the word sober means to be serious and sensible and solemn. It's to be free from intoxication. That, of course, that we as believers would have our trust in him. The Bible says, God has not put a spirit of fear in us, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But listen, if you've been listening today and it's kind of basically freaked you out a little bit, hey, that's okay. But listen, it's time to get right with the Lord. It's time to make sure that your relationship with God is in the right place. You know, the Bible says in Acts 3.19, it says, Repent, therefore, and return to the Lord, so your sins may be forgiven, in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Listen, you might say to yourself, or say to me right now, you might say, well, listen, Pastor, you know, it's like, I'm not sure where I stand with the Lord. I'm not sure if if I'm right with Him. I'm not sure if my sin's forgiven. I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven or not. Well, listen, if that's you... Why don't you clear the air right now? Now, it's going to require something of you. It's going to require you to pray and ask God to forgive you. You have to be willing to turn from your sin. Because some of you might be, well, prodigal sons or prodigal daughters. And you might be thinking like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't even know where I'm at. I don't know what's going on. And listen, if you're willing to get right with God, God wants to get right with you. But you have to pray and you have to ask him. So you could pray a prayer like this. Oh Lord, forgive me. I believe that you died for me and rose again. Come into my life. Be my Lord, my God, my Savior, and my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, you can email me and I'll send you a Bible. Uh, You can email me your name and address. Send it to Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. That's an email to me with your name and address and I'll send you a Bible with some other materials. That's Bible at corechurchla.com. And may the Lord God bless every single one of you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.